Gashmias, the physical reality of this world, the physical experience of being human, the physical activities that we do, are they just a means to an end? Or do they have intrinsic value? When we explore what the Alter Rebbe left us with just before his histalkus, we learn a fascinating insight into the greatness and the value of those parts of our Jewish experience, of our daily experience, that don't necessarily seem to be so inspirational, amazing, spiritual, or connected. So we know this because Yeshnam Beis in Yonet Torah Shegiyoli Adeinu, there are two elements of the Alter Rebbe's Torah that we have access to. Shiodulonu, Shekosav Rabbein Azokin, Korav Lizmanli Stalkuso, both of which the Alter Rebbe wrote very close to when he was, was going to pass away. One is Aleph Egeres HaKodesh, the 20th section of Egeres HaKodesh, which speaks about the greatness of mitzvahs, as we'll see. And the second is Rashimas Nefesh HaShvela, a short paragraph, almost miniature essay on the so-called lowly soul. And that's one we're going to actually read in detail. This is how the Alter Rebbe writes it. It's not necessarily a style that we're so familiar with. Nefesh hashvela bemislamitoi, the soul that is truly lowly. Beshorisha, if you go back to the root of what the soul's purpose is all about, avedosa hitera gashmis. Its way, that soul's way of serving Hashem, is through an experience of Torah that is very physically oriented. Bein la, both in terms of its own experience, or bein, and one other version of the, of the Rashima says, lehavin laachirim how you relate to others or how you understand or teach others to, to be able to understand. And one of the primary areas of focus of this lowly soul is by showing goodness and kindness to other people in physical ways, by bringing people to a sense of shared thoughts and, and, and closeness of mind, and all kinds of uh, creative ways, with all different elements that relate to the person's own experience, own family, own household, and how to relate to other people. Even though much of that kindness, the majority of that kindness, the majority of that goodness, is not absolutely honest, not absolutely true. Because... As we'll see, things that are absolutely true have to be according to the very clear standards of Torah. But these are lowly souls who are not capable of expressing kindness in the most absolutely pristine way of truth. Because the only way to have absolute truth is, is through Torah, because Torah is the absolute truth. And there's a famous Medrash that tells us that when Abish consulted, so to speak, about the creation of the world, Vemes Omar al Yivra. So the absolute truth said, well, actually, we shouldn't create the world and people shouldn't be created. Because the world and the people in it are fundamentally dishonest. Whereas kindness, the attribute of kindness, vouched for the world and said the world should be created. Because the world and the population in it will be filled with kindness that people show to each other, even if it isn't with absolute sincerity. And the way the Ebishta dealt with it, says the Medrash, is that the Ebishta cast MS truth, absolute integrity, to the ground. And the world was created out of kindness, which isn't necessarily always absolutely aligned with the integrity of the person or the integrity of the Torah. In other words, perhaps people have inappropriate intentions or ulterior motives. Or maybe they're just simply not aligned with what the Torah expects. 
Now that's especially in our times because of a Arishonim in earlier generations when their primary way of serving the Ebishter was through Torah learning like for example in the time the Mishnah and the Gemara then the kindness was primarily the kindness that they shared was primarily within the context of absolute Emes of Torah which means where you see that the kindness that they showed to others didn't always appear to be kindness, forcing people and even taking their, their items as, um, as security against the tzedakah that they had to give. So how do you get the chesed with a little bit of force? Because they were guided by MS. MS is that you have to contribute in these particular ways to society, to the community, to the coffers of the base amygdala, whatever the case might be. And so if we have to place pressure, that's what we're going to do. That was the earlier generations. Mashiach and Bikus Mashiach. Whereas in our time, we were so close to Mashiach. Where the Sukkas David, the great encompassing spirituality of the Jewish people has collapsed all the way to the ground. And therefore, our primary way of serving the Ebishter is primarily through action. And therefore, the way that we serve Hashem primarily today is using the heels, which is effectively a representation of action. Without the guidance and insight and integrity that you find in the truth of Torah as displayed in the Mishnah and Brises, which are more elevated and sophisticated parts of the spiritual anatomy, like the wings or like the, even the legs of the spiritual anatomy. We're at the heels. Azais, the reality of our time is Primarily, most of the kindness that we share today is not guided by the pristine value system and absolute truth of Torah. Begodol uh, HaMaiseh, with the, the higher, so to speak, um, standard of actions. Rather, the behavior that we do is close to what we understand, what we appreciate, which is quite distant from what absolute truth appreciates. Because we are, so to speak, doing the lowest or last of actions, which, by the way, link in to the highest and original th- thoughts because we have the principle in Sefer Yetzirah that the very last and the very highest or the very first and the very lowest are all uh, connected together. And even if we only have one way to serve Hashem and it's quite a lowly way which is to go about doing kindness even if we are not as deeply entrenched in truth as we would like to be then the comfort that a person can take is to accept with absolute love that this is what the Ebishter wants from me. So maybe I'm not at the level of the great Tanoim who were guided by and lived the principles of MS of Torah. I just do goodness because it makes me feel good or because I hope it will make somebody else feel good. So, accept that with love. Or a person could be very introspective about it and think about their actions and be very analytical of their actions and then do tshuva and the Ebishter hopefully will open up a path. Okay, so the language of the Sreshimas Nefesh Ashvelo is not language that we're used to, but the Nakuda is we live in a generation where we don't have the kind of integrity and the absolute value system of Torah in its truest form. But we are primarily expected to go out there and do good things for other people and share kindness with other people, even if it's not with the fullest integrity. So what the two have in common, the 20th element of Igeris HaKodesh and the Rishimus Nefesh HaShvela, they both speak about the greatness of doing physically what you're supposed to do. So Igeris going back to the Perikintanya, 
that primarily focus on about the tremendous greatness of physical mitzvahs. That in order to be able to do physical mitzvahs, that is the purpose for which Anashamas came down into this world. Shekane, again, to borrow the expression from Sefi Yitzhira, which is also in the Rishimas Nefesh Ashvela, notes that the beginning of, which means the highest of all spiritual intention, is wedged into the lowest, which is the last of all experiences, physical activity. In other words, Dafka Besoifon, specifically when you're living at the end of the spiritual spectrum, Hoasia, when you're doing physical actions, in this physical world, and that's what plugs you into the beginning of everything, which is into the infinite reality of Hashem's essence, the source of all things. And you can actually see that reflected in the physical nature of our world, as the Altareb explains there, that out of the four Yesodos, fire, air, water, and earth, it's Dafka Earth, which is the lowest of all of them, that allows things to grow and to grow again and again and again, which is the closest thing to infinite life that you can experience on earth. So what's the theme? The theme of Egeres HaKodesh Chof, is the message that the ultimate access to Hashem's essence is experienced here on earth through the performance of physical mitzvahs. Similarly, the content of the, the Nefesh Ashvela note from the Alter Rebbe is that what we should focus on is physically doing acts of goodness and kindness to others. And he says there that this might be the lowest and last of all activities that exist in the spiritual spectrum, yet it is directly related to and connected to the primary original thought that precipitated all of existence. Now we've got to analyze why would Alter Rebbe share these two teachings which are on the same theme, specifically Dafka before his Histalkus, which seems to be the exact opposite. Histalkus is when the Neshama leaves this world. So why speak about the greatness of this world at a time when the Neshama is about to leave this world? So the fact that Dalt Rebbe wrote both of these close to his Histalkus, move on, means that this is obviously an indication of what the Alter Rebbe's focus of both his Torah and his Avodah was at this particular time. As he prepared for his Neshama to leave this world. In which case, we have to understand, what would the link be between the greatness of physical activities and mitzvahs at the time where a person's neshama is about to leave the physical world? Logic would have said to the contrary. Histalkus means that the neshama is leaving this world and elevating beyond this world. Why is this the time to speak about it? More than just the general question, let's look a little bit more at the specifics. Yes, I'll came Bureau. We also need to understand, but Teichin Roshim is Nefesh Ashvela. In the Nefesh Ashvela essay, Masbirai Bain Azakin Kamor, as we said, Al Trebe explains, Shiyesh Lasik Vigimilis Chsodim Gashmim, that our objective as the last generations before Mashiach is 
We need to occupy ourselves in goodness and kindness, acts of physical goodness and kindness status. And then he says, Most of which are not going to be absolute honesty. Most of them are going to be because we feel good about it or we make somebody else feel about it, good about it and perhaps we have an ulterior motive. Now that's incredibly strange. How does that link to the culmination of the life of a tzaddik? The life of a tzaddik firstly is generally divorced from the, from the physical world and certainly divorced from anything dishonest. As Alter Rebbe tells us, a tzaddik's life is not about the physical, it's a completely spiritual reality. In the tzaddik's reality, the whole experience of and the, the essence of anything physical is that those physical things facilitate the neshama doing what it needs to do. Because the life of the tzaddik is the neshama. Physical things are tang- tangential, they're just accessories. That's how the tzaddik lives throughout his entire lifetime. How much more so when it's close to the time for the tzaddik's neshama to leave? That's a time wherein the physical reality is meaningless to the tzaddik. How does it work that at the time where Tzaddik, the Alter Rebbe, whose entire life was f- focused on spiritual realities and the world of the Neshama and the body and its physical activities are just simply accessories. Why should he focus and specifically at the time of his Histalkos where the Neshama is, so to speak, the most prominent experience now tell us that this is the time that we have to be told to focus on physical activities of goodness and kindness. With a focus on looking after your own household, the members of your household, not as a means to fulfill the objectives of Torah, which is absolute truth, but rather simply to actually provide for them good advice for physical purposes for the benefit of the physical person or the physical activity which is why these things may even appear to be false because they're not Torah SMS so how does it work out that that's what the Alter Rebbe is speaking about at the time where his personal reality is the exact opposite so to understand that let's try and appreciate what it means to say that a tzaddik's life is not about the physical in a deeper way to how we normally understand it. So we'll understand this by delving deeper into the concept the Altarepa statement that a tzaddik's life is not physical, rather it is spiritual things which are specifically emunah, faith in Hashem, yira, reverence of Hashem, and ahava, love for Hashem. Truth is, that statement itself doesn't seem to make sense. Practically, in order to do mitzvahs, you need a physical body and you need physical actions. To the extent that we're told, that the primary focus of being Jewish is not what we learn in concept, but what we practice. If that's true, so then how do we suggest that the tzaddik's life is a spiritual life comprised of emuna and yira and ava? How does that even work? 
The whole purpose of being Jewish is to do mitzvahs. So how do you ever suggest that a tzaddik's life is all about spiritual things? Now there's a fairly simple explanation. Habir boze. It's a tzaddik. In the tzaddik's reality, you avoided the ma'is ha-mitzvahs. There's no chasm between the physical activities of doing mitzvahs and the spiritual experiences of those mitzvahs which are faith and love and fear of Hashem. In other words, in the tzaddik's reality, why does the mitzvah, why does the tzaddik do positive mitzvahs? It's a direct result because the tzaddik lives for love of Hashem. Obviously he does positive mitzvahs. So why does the tzaddik avoid negative mitzvahs? It's a consequence of the fact that the tzaddik lives with absolute reverence of Hashem, so naturally does not do what the Torah forbids. All of that is, of course, founded on absolute faith in Hashem. That's not necessarily our experience, right? We might do mitzvahs because we are told to do the mitzvah. We don't necessarily feel the love. Or we might avoid certain avarice because that's just how we've been taught to behave. We don't necessarily feel the yira. So now the argument that we made, which is that the primary focus is action. In the tzaddik's reality, why is action primary? Because that gives expression to the love and to the fear and to the emunah. To paraphrase from Alter Ben Tanya, because the tzaddik loves Hashem. And therefore, once more than anything else, to have a true connection and relationship with Hashem. And there is no other way to have a true, meaningful relationship with Hashem. Other than to fulfill the 248 instructions of Torah, which are, so to speak, metaphorically the 248 limbs of the Supreme King. That the kind of connection and bond that is created between us and Hashem through doing Torah mitzvahs. Being that those mitzvahs are the Ebishtah's Ratzon, which is obviously a very deep component of the Ebishtah. He inyan shall hashro sashkina that creates an experience of divine presence. Hanale beina roich men advekus shemitzad herga shava shelodem anivra. The type of spiritual experience, the type of divine experience that you get when you do a mitzvah, is infinitely beyond the divine experience that you get feeling love for Hashem. Therefore, the fact that the tzaddik loves Hashem compels the tzaddik to have to do mitzvahs. Why not? Because physical actions have a value, but because physical actions allow the love of Hashem to manifest and therefore the the divine presence within that person's experience to manifest in a way that is exponentially beyond if the person was not doing the mitzvah. Therefore in the tzaddik's reality, even when the tzaddik is doing physical mitzvahs that require the body, he's wrapping tefillin on his arm, shaking a lulav, eating matzah. Which obviously is going to fulfill Hashem's ultimate intention, which is to transform this world into the most accommodating reality for godliness. In addition to fulfilling this objective for the world and for what Abishta wants for the world, the tzaddik benefits by bringing shechina experience into his own physical life. Which means, 
which means that the tzaddik succeeds in turning his body into a conduit, a vessel for divine revelation. And in the tzaddik's experience, the body ceases to be a body, ceases to be an independent entity, and it becomes nothing other than a pipeline for godliness into his experience and into the world. So means that tzaddik understands that the physical things of this world allow expression for love and fear of Hashem, which in turn allows divine representation, a divine experience in the tzaddik's life. Therefore, the maise is valuable. In other words, the maise, the physical things in the tzaddik's reality don't have a value in and of themselves. They create a value. They create a value of being able to connect to Hashem. That's before you learn So the Alter Rebbe adds to that in this very important piece of Tanya. That in practical observance of mitzvahs, the actual physical mitzvahs themselves have an added tremendous advantage. What is the incredible advantage of positive mitzvahs? Not only because they facilitate connection between the person who does the mitzvah and Hashem, but it's because physical items contain within them Hashem's infinite reality. And you can only access, access that in Gashmis. In other words, Gashmis is not just a means to an end to facilitate a connection between the person and Hashem's infinite self, but the Gashmis has within it Oir Ein Soif. In other words, Inyan Zeh. What Al Tarebbe is saying in Igeris Iuvachayoi is not just that through using the physical item to do a mitzvah, so you use this. Matzah, to fulfill the mitzvah. And not just the person who's fulfilling the mitzvah now becomes a conduit. Now that person gets upgraded. Now that item gets upgraded to become a facilitator for a mitzvah. No, says the Alter Rebbe, it's deeper than that. What Alter Rebbe explains in Igeres Iu V'chayoi is Shadafka Hayesh Hanivra. That specifically the physical created entity that feels and looks independent. That absolutely feels that it is real. Feels that it is so real to the point that it doesn't even recognize that there is a cause that made it exist. It feels that life starts with it. It's dafka those physical, independent-looking items that are connected to Hashem's essence. Where Hashem truly exists fundamentally and intrinsically without any primary cause. And it's not the result of any preceding action or energy or creator because of the fact that these physical elements the yesh hanivra are plugged directly into therefore they feel as if they exist independently because they're linked to that which does exist independently in other words 
that means that the value of practical mitzvahs is not what they achieve or how they connect us to Hashem. The value of practical mitzvahs is the physical reality. The material of Gashmis itself is the value. And therefore that creates the possibility in the human experience of serving Hashem. Even if a person is in a lowly spiritual state where they are completely unaware of any meaningful spiritual connection through the performance of mitzvahs, where the person doesn't feel, oh, I'm doing a mitzvah, so therefore now I am connected to Hashem. And even when a person is just doing physical activities, possibly even by rote, because these are the mitzvahs I was taught to do. This is the Chiddush of what al is teaching us. Even then, in those so-called sheker, false mitzvahs, where the person just going through the actions, with a simple action that is not imbued with deep spiritual meaning, that connects the person directly to Hashem's essence, which is a mind-blowing insight. That will help us appreciate the essay of Nefesh HaShvela. Which encourages us to engage in physical acts of physical goodness and kindness. Even though most of them don't have the integrity of Torah. As he explains, as the explains, that the world was created based on a chesed, which isn't absolute truth. Because from the perspective of truth, the world should never exist because of the degree of falsehood that is within the world. What the is telling us is not as you might initially understand from the Medrash. Don't misinterpret the Medrash to mean that from the perspective of Chesed, the suggestion was create a world based on falsehood. That's not possible. The other Rabbi. Because the reality is the exact opposite. The Kol that every single thing that exists, as the Rambam tells us, in other words, every physical thing in our lowest reality, they only came to exist because of the truth of Hashem's existence. So therefore to suggest that the Midrash wants us to believe that Chesed is arguing that we should create a world of falsehood is impossible because everything only exists because of Hashem's truth, as the Rambam tells us. So what does it mean that Chesed said create the world when MS did not? Well, it depends what level of MS you're dealing with. The explanation is The statement that the Medrash attributes to truth not to create the world for fear of the lack of integrity and the dishonesty of people's behavior. That is looking at the world from the perspective of what is called the mida, the trait of MS. That's a particular kind of MS. That is MS within a framework where there are midois, where there are traits, which is what we call seder hishtalshlus, the spiritual framework of existence. Where things have their limits. 
Chesed can only extend so far. It can only be shared with certain circumstances or under certain circumstances. So this Midasa MS can only extend itself to the point where it could be aware of the fact that Hashem is MS. Because our world is a world which is created to be a world of falsehood, which means it's a world where you don't naturally recognize and identify Hashem's truth. So the world of an MS that has to accommodate, has to see that, that Hashem needs to be acknowledged, that you have to be able to acknowledge Hashem's truth, says a world that can't acknowledge Hashem's truth, don't create it. It's a bad idea. That's Midas HaEmes. But there's a deeper, more true version of truth. The absolute truth, which is the truth of Hashem's essence, in Lokol Hagbola, has absolutely no restrictions and limits. The truth of Hashem's essence is not only true if you recognize it to be true. Meaning, Hashem is true even if nobody sees it. Meaning, even in a place of complete blindness, spiritual blindness. To the point that the blurring of, of holiness is so intense that things look to be false. And therefore, the only way that you can justify in rational terms that this world should exist is with a lot of kindness. Overlooking the lack of honesty. If you dig deeper and you get the real truth and the real inside story, even that world only exists. Only exists as a direct consequence and result of Hashem's absolute truth. Even a person's personal worry or concern for their own family. Where a person is concerned for the well-being of their family because of physical things. I want them physically to be healthy, physically to be happy, physically to have what they need. Which makes it appear like this is not a true way to connect to Hashem. Doesn't acknowledge Hashem. This is self-centered. I need stuff. My family needs stuff. My people need stuff. The truth is, that gashmis is directly related to Hashem's essence. How do you see that? That even though the person is only sensitive to the physical reality of his world, look how the person behaves. Goodness and kindness. That's the reality. So yes, the person is stuck in a world which is desensitized to godliness. But how does the person behave sharing goodness and kindness, which is an indicator of connection to Hashem's truth? And from that, Dr. Rebbe gives us a practical lesson, which is that we should engage with physical acts of goodness and kindness. And we should have all kinds of great insights and creative ideas about how to add value to those who are part of our family or broader family. Without getting overly pedantic about how pure our intentions are, 
because even these physical activities of sharing goodness and kindness, which may appear to be false or superficial or hypocritical, are directly linked to Hashem's absolute truth. Now the place with or the experience in which we'll see this most profoundly is through the experience of tshuva. This principle that even the things of our world that appear to be void of spiritual value and appear to be hypocritical and dishonest actually come from Hashem's truth and Hashem's essence is most noticeable through the process of Teshuvah. Where you will see the ultimate, most extreme form of dishonesty and falsehood in this world is the three absolutely impure experiences of Klippah. Where their life force which is the godly spark within them, which is the truth of what these things really are, is completely chained and hidden, which means that we don't have access to be able to elevate them to Kedusha. So the Torah has allowed us access to a whole spectrum of activities that we could transform into Kedusha, and it's prohibited a whole spectrum of activities because we cannot reach the Kedusha within them. But when a person engages with those, those parts of the world, which the person shouldn't have, and now does tshuva over that fact, the person transforms the zdonos, those deliberate actions of rebellion against Hashem, into zochia's tremendous merits for the person. How? Because by doing tshuva, the person actually now exposes that the real truth of these physical elements that are prohibited by Judaism is that there is a spark of godliness in them. And tshuva extracts out that spark of godliness and then behavior that previously was outright rebellion against Hashem now counts as credits for the person's spiritual growth. Needless to say, this is achieved not through superficial tshuva but through very deep tshuva that links the person back to Hashem's essence through going through such a deep transformative experience of tshuva the person reaches a point where you realize that Hashem is the truth of every single thing that exists even those that are rebellion against Hashem which allows the sparks of holiness that were trapped inside those clippers to be elevated and by the way, you can see that also in the person, the Baal Tshuva, and their personal transformation. What we observe of the person is because of their terrible behavior, they are so disconnected from Hashem. We know that the truth is that even while doing this horrible Avera, the person is completely connected to Hashem. And we can't see that in that moment. But we will see it at the time where the person does tshuva and reconnects to Hashem. And for this reason, the principle that we have learned, that the yesh hanivra has within it, even though it appears to be so independent and disconnected from Hashem, actually only exists because of Hashem's truth. The greatness 
of this physical world, which is what Altreb explains in Egeres Chof. That is something that you primarily experience as a Baal So what's the message? The physical reality we live in often feels like and looks like it is completely disconnected from Hashem. And there are activities that we do that allow us to have a sense of godliness even if we're not as aligned as we should be. So when we show kindness to other people, we show goodness to other people. And the point is that that links us directly to Hashem's essence. And in spite of our hypocrisy, it actually illustrates the truth of our neshama, of our connection to Hashem, and of the world's physical items connection to Hashem. Now we can go back to our big question, which is why was the Alter Rebbe speaking about these topics just before passing away? The greatness that is achieved through Teshuvah, particularly Teshuvah against or, or for those things that a person did against Hashem. That's an experience that Tzadik will never have in his personal life because the Tzadik doesn't rebel, obviously. Doesn't do our various, obviously. But when a tzaddik is able to bring somebody else to do tshuva, then the tzaddik benefits and the tzaddik gains the value of a baal tshuva because the tzaddik was the cause of that person doing tshuva. In the tzaddik experience, the value of tshuva is something that tzaddik only experiences just before passing away. Why then? Because at that point, because at the time the tzaddik is about to pass away, all of the tzaddik's avoided throughout his lifetime now cumulatively comes together. Also, when you consider that tzaddik at the time of passing away is in a state of tshuva, not classical tshuva of beating his chest and saying, I did wrong, but the ultimate kind of tshuva, which is the neshama returning to Hashem. In a very powerful way, therefore, when the tzaddik is in this state, this movement of spiritual tshuva, neshama returning to Hashem, especially if that tzaddik was so engaged with encouraging others to do tshuva, then you see in the tzaddik, the tzaddik at that time experiences the value of tshuva, and therefore that's what the Altarep is talking about, the value of the physical world being returned to a connection to Hashem. Very specifically in the case of Alter Rebbe, we know that the Alter Rebbe told the Mittler Rebbe that his great innovation over the teachings of his teacher, the Magdav Mesrich, was that he dedicated himself with absolute sacrifice to making as the Friedrich Rebbe very famously tells in the Sicha with the, the Mittler Rebbe and his dream, etc. Therefore, specifically when it's close to the Alter Rebbe's passing, where all of his activities, activities throughout his lifetime now come to, the, they come to a climax. And they're, they're, so to speak, revealed. And he's in a state of personal tshuva, the neshama returning. 
In a teichin teirasa gilam alis agashmas, what does Alter Rebbe speak about then? The value of the physical world. And why we should engage with physical acts of goodness and kindness. Because within that, you find Hashem's essence, like the Baal Tshuva, within his donors, when he does Tshuva, actually discovers that the essence of everything, even the worst things on earth, is Hashem's essence. Chav Dalatevis always coincides with the week of Shabbos Vorchem Shvat. I take it from my Tzor Shabbos Kedesh Zeh Kikvir Shana Zoy. Sometimes it's Motzei Shabbos of Shabbos Mevorchem Shvat, as it was when Al Treba was in Estalik. Of a Kedesh Zeh Biyam Asir Boy Chol Yom Ayilul Shachak Mechat Mor. And of course, on Yud Shvat you have the Friedrich Rebbe's Yotzat too. You'll see the same theme in the Torah that the Friedrich Rebbe left for his Histalkos. In the famous Bosilagani, it's the same theme. Why? Because the whole beginning and introduction of the Maimer, which sets the tone for the Maimer, is that our world is not a jungle that is devoid of godliness. But rather it is the Ebishtah's precious garden. Because originally the, 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 the most important part of Shechina was in this world. A garden is not a place of residence. It's not a place of utilitarian purpose. It's a place of pleasure. Because where is the Ebishtah's pleasure in this world? Because the Ebishtah's ultimate desire was that there should be a place that accommodates him in our world. Which illustrates that the ultimate pleasure and ultimate desire of Hashem's essence is the lowest physical reality. Which is expressed through our avoider in this lowest of all low worlds that could exist. And within this world, the activity that is the lowest of all, physical activity is the most important thing. That a human should enter this world and they're in the thick of this world with all of its falsehood and with all of its nonsense. Should effect through us invoking the so-called folly or craziness of believing that you could be completely connected to the Ebishtah in a way that doesn't have to conform to physical or logical constraints. That we should take the falsehood of this world and transform it into the the, the exoskeleton, the structure of the Mishkan, Hafichas HaSheker LeKeresh, as the word Sheker is transformed into the word Keresh, a beam of the Mishkan, Mishkan V'dir Lo to transform our world into a place that accommodates godliness, exactly the same theme as the Alter Rebbe spoke about before, here's Histalkos, because the ultimate experience of Judaism is to take the physical reality of this world that looks and feels as if it is so false and so dis- distant and so disconnected and to show that actually therein lies Hashem's essence and through doing that, of course, we'll be Megala Mashiach now.